CLNS Radio is the online provider of all Boston sports. You can find us on, on Twitter at Bruins underscore beat. You can uh, also follow us on Facebook. And, um, you know, we're happy to be back this today, even though, you know, it's the middle of August. October is around the corner, but you wouldn't know it by the, by the day today. It was about 100 degrees out. You stepped outside for five minutes and you were sweating, which made me want to be in a rink ten times more today than any other day. But uh, October is right around the corner. Jason, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Um, yes, October is around the corner. With that being said, I've made the decision I'm going to go to a couple of preseason games this year and check out younger players. Awesome. Glad to hear it. So, uh, but Bruins Beat is definitely proud to announce that we will be partnering with Joe Gill from Big Bad Bruins Nation. And Joe Gill will be joining us pretty routinely on this show and I'll, to break down some information about the Bruins. It's, we're happy to have Joe on. Uh, like I said, Joe runs the Big Bad Bruins uh, Nation page on Facebook. You should go and check this out if you're a Bruins fan. It gives you all inside information, a ton of fan support, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, people going back and forth about stuff. So it's great. And this is why we decided to have Joe on. So, Joe, how are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm really excited uh, to hook up with you guys for this uh, season coming up. And we know it's going to be very interesting. Probably be a lot of heartburn. Uh, if it's anything like last year, it'll definitely be heartburn. So, We'll be looking forward to that. But, uh, Joe, just quickly, I saw you uh, posting uh, videos to the the Big Bad Bruins page. Are you, are you uh, recording this live on the on the page right now? Yeah, we got about 24 crazy uh, Big Bad Bruins Nation members right now on the uh, the live Facebook Live right now. And, you know, I was talking to Jason, Mike, about, you know, kind of doing, a, I guess, a pregame to the, uh, the podcast um, recording and actually doing it behind the scenes as well. So that's what we're doing right now. Oh, oh awesome. Well, Welcome, people. I'm glad that people are watching the show and watching you. Then it'll probably be great to see your uh, reactions to some of the things we ask you because nothing's better than a nice reaction. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to actually, I think, Facebook Live during the season watching games. So people can see me just, like, throw stuff and get really belligerent. <laughs> uh, so you know, Joe, I like what you're doing because it's actually it's going to get me interested in doing that myself during the season. So it's a great idea on your part, and hopefully I'll be able to Im- implement that as we get our viewers and be able to get the fans involved so we, that we can all do it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Facebook Live, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of bad stuff, you know, all the stuff going on in the country. Let's use it for some from for hockey, some good stuff, you know. Yeah, nothing like using it for some good stuff. So let's get into it, you know. Joe, since the last time we talked to you, the, the Bruins have made some changes, and, you know, we, we – we wanted to get some of you people involved in the Facebook, so, you know, we asked them to, you know, write, jot down some questions for us to ask you. But before sure. we get into some of the questions that, that they posted, I want to ask you, are you satisfied with this offseason? Am I satisfied with this offseason? Yes, oh. are you satisfied with what the Bruins have done to this oh. point? Hmm. I'm going to try not to use vulgarity. Um, not really. Uh, you know... Well, David Backus is probably the lone highlight for me. I'm a big Backus fan. I loved him with, you know, Team USA in the Olympics the last couple times. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video when they got eliminated by Chicago. No, not Chicago. They got eliminated by San Jose when, uh, you know, he was just crying and he was just, you could see the emotion, what kind of a leader he is. And he was even, you know, giving accolades to Steve Ott, who's, a, you know, as we know, is just a piece of garbage. But just showed how much of a leader he is. And that's what the Bruins needs, that voice in the locker room. 
uh, you know, Chara and Bergie are, are leaders by uh, example. They're not really vocal, like the Sean Thorntons were and the Andrew Andy Ferences were and stuff like that, which I think you guys can agree they really missed that element. They definitely really missed that element, and I think that's what Vegas is. And I think like, I think exactly what you said. Like when Ferris was gone, Boychuk, and then Sean Thornton, and then you know, even though I'm not a big fan of Chris Kelly, I think Chris Kelly was one of the more vocal guys in that locker room. And obviously, he went down with injury last year, and I don't think right. the Bruins had that presence. So I think David Backus, like you know, no nonsense guy. He's gonna tell you like how it is. I think he's more of a vocal guy, like you said. He's been a, he was the captain of St. Louis, so he's been a leader everywhere he's been. So like you said, I agree. With, I like that signing, but they did yeah. nothing on the, They did nothing on the defense. I mean, Nothing. Uh, when you bring up Chris Kelly, it just reminds me of that open that he missed against the Blackhawks in the cup. And I just it cringe every time he couldn't hit the uh, broadside of a barn. But, yeah, um, they didn't do they did nothing. I mean, uh, they had some good draft picks again, but these kids aren't going to be here for a couple more years. Um, Marshawn still hasn't been signed, which is kind of concerning to me now, considering it's late August, mid to late August right now. Um, I don't know if they're going to wait until the uh, World Cup of Hockey's over, but that's already in the middle of training camp. Right. So. I don't, he he is he still has one more year in that contract. He does. So we don't okay. have to worry about until next year. All right. So he's he's restricted right now. Is that right? Or? But what 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 they're working on is trying to get him signed ahead of his contract year going into next year. So they're trying to get him to do gotcha. it. Okay. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. Let's not worry about that later because if he score puts up forty goals, they're gonna have a really hard time signing him. Absolutely. But uh, so let's, let's get some questions for some um, people on the, the Big Bad Bruins page that that chimed in. So. Uh, this is from uh, from Toby. Toby asks, uh, "Here's one for you. All BS aside, basically, till the Bruins are competitive Stanley Cup caliber team." I think you cut out a little bit. I think you're asking how long is it going to take for them to be competitive for a cup. Um, oh God, I don't know if we want to tell the real answer, do we? Um, it, it just it just blows my mind how good this team was and how much they fell off the cliff. I mean, when you go from an 11 cup, you know, cup win, then you get that, you know, they lost to Washington the first round, fine. Then 13, they went to the cup in the shortened season. Then 14, they were President's Trophy winners. Then 15, they missed the playoffs. Excuse me. Then 16, they missed the playoffs. You're like, what is going on here? What happened? I mean, Peter Shirelli, I call him the the uh, destroyer franchises. He just destroyed this team. I mean, those contracts just put them in such a hole. The, oh, my God, it blows my mind. Some of the signings he had, which I think he's signing Bruins West out in Edmonton, by the way, um, j- just killed this team. I mean, when they traded Boychuk, that was, we talked about this before, guys. I call it hashtag curse of Boychuk. This was the beginning of the end. I mean, that was the beginning of the end because not only did you have a good two-way player, you know, he, you know, he's a great defensive. He threw the ball around. He had a good shot from the point. Leave. And then no one came back. You know, I remember he had his, like, three-step plan that he was supposed to have other players come in, and all, which ended up being Brett Conley. Oh, good Lord, help us. Um, they're, they're far away. I mean, I don't – I mean, the window's closing. Crutchy's in his 30s, and Bergie's in his 30s. And, you know, Marshawn is probably, what, I think late 20s now, right? The, the win- Chara is old as dirt. Seidenberg's now gone. I mean, their defense is just in shambles. And then – I know Tuka is going to Tuka. I still think he's an elite goalie if he has a defense around him. Uh, but if he doesn't have a defense around him, he's he's going to suck. Because I think what happens with him is he kind of plays to the level of the guys in front of him, and then if the guys in front of him suck, he kind of 
whines and bitches a little bit, I think, and doesn't play as well. Do you know what I mean? And I, no, think I, that, I know exactly what you mean. I think that brings him down. So, and, and you know, having, having Julian there is still mind blown to me. You know, you missed the playoffs two years in a row. You're still there. I don't get that at all. Um, it's like Jeff Fisher at the LA Rams. Let's sign him too. He hasn't a winning season. Um, but the thing is, it's like, you know, I, I just don't see him for least. They might make the playoffs this year, but I see a first round exit. And I don't see them being competitive until these kids that they draft the last two years come to fruition. You're talking, what, what's it, 16 now? 19 or 20, I think, until they really could be good. So you look at three years. That's exactly what my thought process was. You know, 19, 20, 20, 21 season, that they can be one of the top teams that they just were. They had a recent run because, like you said, Joe, it's going to take a lot of their draft picks that they just had to, you know, develop and, you know, work into the system. And obviously when they're rookies, they're not going to be, you know, lighting up the, the league on fire, setting the world on, like, the league on fire. Like, obviously they're not... Connor McDavid's of the world. So it's going to take some time for this Bruins team. And I, I'm not too thrilled about it either. Like you said, it's so bad how much they have fallen off just from two seasons ago. And like you said, they, they always trade defensemen. Boychuk and Hamilton, they traded. And they never got a player back for either of them to replace. They well, just brought they- someone up from, from Providence, a.k.a. Kevin Miller. And they didn't, they didn't sign anyone, on, anyone else. You know, their trades lately have just been absolute train wrecks, as we all know with the Sagan trade in the last two. Um, here's another thing, too, that we got to discuss is that, Julian, you got to buy into the young kids now because you're in a transition period. you got to let the Vetranos play. you got to let Pasternak play. Even if they mess up, you have to let them play it out. They have to learn. Colin Miller, Joe Morrow, these guys are going to mess up. There's no doubt about it. Kevin Miller, who... If you guys remember, the, I think you all remember the first part of the season where you were probably drinking tons of Maalox every time you saw him play, was screwing up like every other shift. I mean, he was just like, and then by the second half, he kind of stabilized a little bit, but but he still is a fifth or sixth defenseman. He was playing like second defenseman minutes because they He's didn't have Chara. Oh, he was God. playing with Chara. I know. I feel, oh, God, I feel bad how bad Z's falling off the earth. He's like, he has people. Like old ladies and walkers pacing him now on the ice, like going by him because he's so slow now. It's too bad. Um, they just, they're way off right now. I mean, Don Sweeney, God, Jerry's still out with him. I don't know. At the beginning, I was like, good, Donnie. I liked him when he was, you know, to play with the Bruins and what he was doing with the scouts and all this stuff. And then, you know, the draft, we couldn't make a trade for, you know, like for the Hannafins of the world and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, siding back as I'm getting excited. I don't know. Don Sweeney's still like, you know, jury's out with him still for me. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, give him a yay or a nay yet. I think this year is the year of reckoning. Um, if they don't make the playoffs this year and make a little bit of noise, I'm talking like going seven, six or seven games in the series because I don't see them doing more than a round if they're lucky. You know what I mean? Yes, and actually I want to build off that because I got a really good question from Rob Brenner who actually asked this question during a live show that, as I scrolled through the comments. And we were talking about Brad Marchand when we started the show, so it seems like it's the time to ask it. Do you think that Marchand will have the same type of season last year, even though as he did last year, even though it's his contract year? Well, I mean, when you got Patrice Bergeron on your line, you're going to have opportunities. There's no doubt about it. I don't know who's going to be on the other wing, and if it's Backus, I kind of like that because Backus is going to definitely create some space for Brad. There's no doubt about it, and he, Brad doesn't have to worry about being that Weasley ratty kind of player he can be sometimes because Bacchus is just going to blow the help people up. You know what I mean? So I think having Bacchus on a wing, I think, is going to be better than having it center. 
uh, if that makes sense. I think it's going to definitely open up more uh, more room for Marshawn. So, um, you know, like I said, like you mentioned, Jason, he's already signed this year. I think they need to get it done because I think he's going to have as good or maybe even a better year than last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Marshawn's game, and I think he's, like you said, he's playing with Bergeron, and I think Marshawn kind of figured it out towards the end of the year last year, like, the, the, the line, he drew a line now after he got suspended for the Winter Classic and didn't get to play in that game. I kind of feel like it turned his, you know, season around. He was like, I got to stop, you know, hurting the team and get suspended. So I can see Martian having pretty similar year. I don't mean, I mean, he did have 40 goals is, is a lot to score in, in today's NHL. Everyone knows that. So I think no he can get, I think he can get to 30 again, but 40 is a lot. I, but I do expect Martian to have a good year next year, especially being in a contract year because we just saw what Louis Erickson did. In his contract year, and look at the money that he made. So I mean, Marshan's gonna, yeah, Marshan's gonna want to get paid. Oh no, yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think well, well deserved too. I mean, he brings an element to the ice too, not only being a scorer, but he also kind of like you know mucks up a lot, gets on the other team's skin, which like you said, I'd rather have less of that and more of him scoring. Um, but I think they just need to get that done so they don't have to worry about it next year. Yeah, I agree. And um, this is from Mark Giamo. Uh, what's going to happen with Chara this year? And obviously, I know we've talked about it a little bit, and, you know, he's another year older. But what what are your expectations for Chara going into this year? Uh, like I said, Z is, uh, you know, I want to thank Mark for the question from uh, Big Bad Bruins Nation. Um, it, with Z, it's like I said, he I think since the 13, 2013 uh, Cup is where he fell off the planet. I think he that we started seeing tread on the tires, a lot of rust, if you will. And I just think he's as good as now at his age as the guy he's with. Um, Hamilton, because he was younger and stuff like that, even though I didn't like his defensive game at all, I thought he was kind of shitty. Um, or excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, crappy. Um, on his play anyway. Um, but then after when you put a Kevin Miller who doesn't know where he's going and all that, like it, it exposes him so much more. Because he has to clean up for Miller because Miller doesn't know what the hell he's supposed to be and he's out of the wrong position and all this stuff. So I think Z's in a losing battle right now. People are going to crap all over him again this year. He's old. and they, Well, yeah, he is because he got signed to like a 400-year contract. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, I hope he retires as a Bruin. I think he deserves that. You know, I think he did a lot for this franchise when they signed him. I think at that point when they, when they got Savar and Char and no one believed in this team, the attendance levels were down the toilet. No one even cared about the Bruins back at that point until they got those two guys. So it's almost one of those things that's just kind of a attaboy, we kind of owe you kind of thing. Like, you know, even though, like with the Red Sox, the big pop, even though he's way more productive right now, he's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? He's a, you know, he's the face of the franchise, him and Bergie right now, you know, and maybe Rask. So I think they owe him kind of a happy trails, you know what I mean, have him finish out his career. Hey, I also have another question. This is coming straight from your live show. I'm watching your live feed while we're, t- while we're doing this show. Um, do you do you think Hudobin is going to have a good year? This is from Christy Harris, who wanted to know if our backup was going to be good this year. Well, thanks for the question. Um, and Doby, a lot of people didn't know his nickname when they re-signed him this year. Um, I think a lot of people forget how pretty stable he was. And I know when he went to Carolina, he played pretty, he played pretty well, and then he went to Anaheim. Um, I think he knows that, you know, most some of the guys, I think he knows the system with Julian. I think he'll do well. I mean, I'm not going to expect him. He's probably going to pay, play what? 30 games, maybe 25. That's all he should be playing. I mean, he de- we know that Tuka definitely needs a, a, a viable backup, for, you know, to be productive, be productive and good because that year he didn't, 
um, he didn't do too well. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd be pretty good. I, I'm looking at 25 games for him. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. 25 games, yeah, that's, that's really all you need from a backup. But, you know, the Bruins' backup position has kind of been shaky the past few years. So hopefully Kudoman can come in and, you know, stabilize it a little bit. I think since Chad Johnson left, the Bruins really haven't had a good backup. Chad was good, yep. You, I agree. He was probably the best they've had in a while. Um, Gustafsson had the hot issues. That probably wasn't good for him. And who was the, uh, the Swede they had? Escape me right Spetberg? now. Yeah, he had some glimmers of hope there. But then he ended up, yeah. He, he wasn't that good. And Subban, I, please don't ever mention him. I don't see him being anything at all in this in, in, with the Bruins. I'm just sorry. I, I just don't what see What a good first-round draft pick by Shirelli there. Uh, Shirelli. Well, you know, he's up in destroying Edmonton, so let him do what he would. Trading, <laughs> tail, trading Taylor Hall to the Devils for who? Are you kidding me? Like, so he's the only – I think he's the only GM in history to trade the number one and number two overall picks in the draft, right? And I'm pretty sure he's the only guy. History. Oh, yeah, dude. He, too much, too much skill, too much skill for him. Oh God, I can't, I, guys, I can't. <laughs> and the the other sword that we forgot about was Nicholas Spedberg, who didn't last more yeah. than like four or five games. Yeah, he, he, yeah, like I said, we, you know, the best combo they've had in like eons since I've been a Bruins fan. You had Andy Mogan, and Re, you know, Reggie Lemlin, and you had Tim Thomas and Rask, and since then it's been a huge gap. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? In those twenty five years between those, uh, you know, two tandems. So. Um, I just hope that, you know, Dobie, they knew the player. That's why they signed him. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Joe, I want to, I'm, this is me, me asking you because I'm, I'm pretty curious about your insight here, about what you think. Um, there's obviously been speculation about Backus playing either the wing with yep. Krejci and Bergeron mm-hmm. or, spoon, and put, or putting him as the third line center. I mean, we just saw Pittsburgh, as I said to, uh, you know, Jason a few weeks ago and Kevin, who's, who couldn't join us tonight. I said, oh, like Pittsburgh had three solid centers. You know, they had Crosby, Malkin, and Benino. So I, always, I right. was saying you should put Beckett at center and start him up at center. And then obviously when you need to make the switch and put him on the wing for a good defensive shift, you put him on the wing there. I wanted to get your input on what you think Beckett should be, center or a wing. Well, we all have to worry about Krejci's health right now uh, because he's not going to be playing the World Cup of Hockey or he's been advised not to. And if you're in Bruins management, you better tell him you better not be suiting up. Um, if he's not healthy... Backus is going to be going to center by default. I actually think Backus, like I meant, we mentioned earlier in the call, I think um, in, in the in the show, I think Backus would be good on the Bergeron line because I think it opened up a lot of space for Marshawn. And like I said, Marshawn doesn't have to worry about the garbage he gets involved with and all the kind of you know because Backus is just going to lay people out. Um, that's my opinion there. Spooner is probably going to be your third liner, right? I'm thinking. Um, Kelly's gone, so you got Krejci. He's going to be your two, you know, second line. I like, um, you know, loading up that first line because you know, we all can understand Krejci's no longer a first line player anymore because he just one. I just he he I, he just doesn't bring it. He just does not bring the game anymore. And he, I think he's as good as the guys around him. You remember the year he had with Aginla because Aginla just pushed them, pushed him and Lucci so hard that they had to play well. You know what I mean? Because that's all Aginla knew. He just knows. No, I. Joe, that's a great point bringing up Aginola because, you know, that the year that Aginola played on the Bruins, I was at almost every single home game, and the Bruins were a completely different team that year, minus that Canadian series. So you have a, you bring up a great point. Aginola had that fire to push this team. He had that leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, I think Backus can bring that back to this team. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, I don't know if it's enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's enough. Like I said, this might be enough to get him in the playoffs. How much noise they're going to make in it is a different story entirely. 
you know, let's be realistic. There's a lot of pink hat fans out there. I know there's some on my page. I love you guys, but let's let's be real. You know, let's have reality based here. They're not going to be really good for like two to three years at least until these like as we talked about these young kids, you know, move up, move up and try. You know, are paying some dividends. You know what I mean from the draft last year and this past season. The McAvoy kid, you know, he laid out somebody in one of the tournaments we just saw. It looked really oh, what good. What a hit there! What a hit! And I know, you know, he's going back to BU. Um, like I said, I'm kind of the guy, like, give him a shot, why not? I know, and everybody's like, he should mature. And all. Well, you know what? This team needs a spark somehow, and if they can get a diamond in the rough of a kid who's 18, 19 that can really perform now, why not? Take a shot. And if he's not doing it, let him go back to school or whatever. But I, I guess he's all about his education, which is great, because number one, end of the day, how long is a hockey player's career anyway? So you should get your education. But, um, you know, if, if that's his decision, that's great. But if it's not so much all about the education that the Bruins just want to send him to get him more development, I think they're kind of – they should definitely take advantage and see how he does, you know? Yeah, I see your point there. But I, I disagree on Krejci. I mean, I think the thing that's derailed Krejci has been injuries. I mean, last year, Krejci started off the year hot, and he had – he had over 60 points last year, and he was one at one point a top 10. He was top 10 in points, and obviously he got injured. And I think that's the one thing that happens to Krejci more often than any other player on the Bruins is he gets injured all the time. But coming off another hip surgery, I don't think he is going to be the same player. Obviously, it's going to be unrealistic, but he's he's going to be in his 30s. At, he's had surgery on both hips. Is it but both? I do. I think, yeah, it's both hips. I just think that's something to be worried about. Obviously. But I do think I disagree. I think Krejci is the one that you know. If Krejci's on his game, this Bruins team plays well. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, what two of his best uh, runs were in the eleven when they won the cup, and I believe he had a pretty good uh, postseason in thirteen too. As Krejci goes, as the Bruins go. If you remember when they collapsed against Philly, he broke his wrist, and then they went down the toilet. So um, he's a big part of that, yeah. But here's the you know the thing with him is like he's as you know, I kind of don't want to crap on it, but he's as good as his wingers. And if his wingers are not good, he's not good. It's kind of one of those things like we talked about with Tuca. He raises his game to the talent around him. Sometimes that's what Crutchy does. Um, he, a guy, I can't remember who's been on his line, you know, this last year or two, right? I mean, it's just been interchangeable parts. Vetrano, whoever else can get on the line. They just need to, st- like Vetrano, like keep him out there, let him play. Let him play through all the mistakes he makes and all that stuff. Let Crutchy get some rapport with him. Pasternak, same thing. Both the guy, they're both from the same part, same country, I believe. All that, you know, Pasternak, I believe, Kretschy is one of his like heroes. He looked up to. Let those guys get chemistry. If he f's up, he f's up, and just you know, you got to bite the bullet once. You know, Claude is just so anal about defense, defense. Don't let the goals. Well, last time I checked, you can't win zero zero, right? So let them take a chance. I have another question too because we haven't really brought it up yet. But one of your listeners sure. can bring it up. Awesome. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, what are your impressions? What do you think he's going to do coming into this season at BU? And uh, do you look forward to seeing him play in a couple of years? Well, like, I, I mean, as you guys know, I'm not big, like, on prospects and drafts. I kind of just the guys who are in, you know, which you should be, but the guys who are actually going to be up in, you know, on the on Causeway Street. Um, he looked good. Like, you know, everybody was – I was reading up on the Sky Reports after he was drafted because I was following the draft. I think I was at a bar or something following the draft to see who they picked. And uh, I seen that the hit he laid out on that, you know, that kid recently. That was great. I mean, like I said, he's not the second coming of Bob Yor, but we'll have to see how it goes. Um, I'm just worried about the guys that are in the room right now and, you know, with the team they got put together right now, which is kind of, 
like I said, we're talking seventh, eighth, maybe sixth place. I mean, that's as good as they can, you know, can be right now. Pittsburgh's getting better. Buffalo's going to give them a lot of hard time, I think. I don't know what Marshall's going to be with Shea Weber. I have no idea. I think that trade was horrific, but I'm not going to miss PK at all. Sorry, buddy. Um, they're going to, they're in Washington's going to be good. They're, they're in a dogfight. I just don't, they don't have enough horses, I think, especially on defense. Like I said, if the defense goes down the toilet, Tuke is not going to play well. They could score six goals, but they're going to let up eight. You know what I mean? So. Someone's saying, bring back Thornton. Eh, no. <laughs> Sean's uh, definitely seen uh, love him, but happy trails. Yeah, no, I wouldn't bring back. Ha- I, yeah, Sean said Thornton, Lucci, Shupi, and Danny. I wouldn't bring back any of them at the moment. That wouldn't bring the team back. No, I mean, see, what happens when I think we all do this, guys. We always like live in the past because those were the great times. Um, that team they had in eleven was so special. That was a special team, and I, I, I heard um, it was one of the sports radio shows. We were kind of doing a debate about how good that team was. Were they really good? No, they caught lightning in a bottle. They were kind of they were solid. I, I think that's a good word to put. It. They were a solid team, really good defensive team, and they caught lightning in a bottle. Because I remember that what was it? A deflection off a skate, or the Bruins lose against Montreal. In the first round, it's over. So they had a, they had some puck luck on their side, which I think if you win the cup, you have to anyway. Look what Pittsburgh did. They weren't oh, even. They they had three games. They had three game sevens. Yeah, that's lucky but, right there to to win all three game sevens. That's unheard of. And like the way they beat Tampa, one of the best games I've ever seen was Game Seven against Tampa Bay in eleven. But that was just a matter of one perfect play that whole game was what Ference to Kretschy to Horton. It was just that was the most. One of the most beautiful goals I ever saw, just set up from a schematic kind of thing. But I could have won either way, too. Like Dwayne Rolson, former UMass Lowell. I went to UMass Lowell, Riverhawks. Um, played out of his mind that series. And it was just, they just, you know, it was puck luck. What are you going to do? Um, and should they have beat Vancouver? Probably not, but they did because they had more balls <laughs> at the end of the day. So, yeah, no, you're right. They were, they were much tougher. People forget that, like, Vancouver was up two games to none. I don't think people, like, oh, I do. I remember that. Oh, I know, but I, I feel like it's not talked about enough. And people, like they were up two games to none. They had us on the ropes. Oh, then they were then they were up three games to two, and then it was just the Bruins just did not give up. It was you know, I remember it was I think it was game one. I think it was game one when Burrows uh, wrapped around uh, Tim Thomas and OT to beat him. Right, and you're like game two. Oh, it was game two, and you're like, oh, here we go. Like this is it's already over. Like are you kidding me? But you got to remember that season too that they were down two zero to uh, Montreal going to Montreal. That team just had biggest balls of all time. I mean, that was the, one of the best Bruins teams that I've been, you know, 43. I think even better than the, the 90s teams and stuff like that had more talent, but I don't think they had as, as big, uh, you know, cojones as the, that team did. Joe, you're paying attention in live like I am, so I'm sure you saw this question. It's from Rain Lucas Murray. I'm going to build off it because I really like the question, but I want to sure. build off it. Do you think if Chara starts off slow – and he realizes he can't keep up. Do you think he'll retire early? No way. That guy, no way. Come on. I think that guy's a fighter. Just let everybody know that's watching online. Your questions are going to be on the recording that will be on iTunes, right, later tonight. We'll give you guys a link later. Um, Char, he's no. Like I said, he's a fighter. I think he kind of deserves that attaboy, happy trails, you did a lot for us kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I, I just see – I think he deserves it, honest to God. 2011, you got to think about it. Him and Seidenberg, were, that was one of the best defensive displays or showcases. That was like being a shutdown corner in the NFL. They were just all world. 
it's just the things they I mean what they did to Crosby, um, not Crosby, I'm sorry. Um try to think who they played that year. Tampa, Montreal, they played Philly, shut Philly. them down. Yeah, they just you know, and then Vancouver, I mean they were offensively they were they were one of the best teams in the league. If you were talking Tampa Bay, that you were talking about the fact that they were shutting down Lacable, St. Louis. Yes. Yep. So, yep. That group of players, yep. uh, Quadru and I believe, was in, in Philadelphia still. Yep. I know he still is Quadru, now. Quadru was a rookie. I mean, it was more um, Mike Richards and like James Van Like that was when James Van yeah, like, yep. like a Bruins killer and Simone Gagne and Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Danny wasn't Danny Briere still in Philly? I believe he was. Yeah. Yep. I think he was at the. And then you had from Montreal all the. Uh, like, Max Pat- the Pacioretty is still at that point. Uh, was Subban on Montreal back then, or he was he drafted uh, after? Was he eleven? I think he might have been. No, he scored. A, he scored. A, I believe he scored a uh, a, go- a game tying goal in Game Seven. Yeah, he was there. Yep, he did. He scored the game tying goal in Game Seven. Like, well, you remember with two or three minutes left, someone got called for a penalty, and he scored that bullet, that laser beam that scored, and you're like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> An then, then, then you were talking like Alexander Markov and a couple of those other players. Yep, Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. I love Bergie, but he always gets some penalties yeah. at the wrong time. I, it just, I don't know what it is, but he just, you know, I just think they're looking for it a little bit more. But you know, he has a question I can ask, and this is uh, I'm going to build off of Dan McLean's comment. Do you think Mark Recchi was the difference maker in that 2011? Oh hell yeah, class? hell yeah. Well, he he he's bringing. He brought what. I hope David Back is bringing. He's not as old as David. David Back is not as old as Recky, but that just that that grit. I know Backs hasn't won a cup, so the thing with Recky is he had two cups already, so he kind of knew what it took to win already. So that was a different huge difference maker because you had a lot of younger guys on the team back then. You had the Sagans. Boychuk was kind of young at that age. McQuaid, oh God, I, he was, yeah, he was he was young. Bergy was younger. You know, he's in his twenties still. All those guys were like their core was still in their twenties. Lucic and Kretschy and all they needed. Like, again, like I talked about Crutchy and Lucic, you needed that galvanizing figure, if you will, that galvanizing locker room guy, which I hope Backus, even though he hasn't won a cup, is the same guy, too. Playing the See, I don't think a lot of people give uh, any credit to playing the Olympics, how how much pressure that is and how, you know, that's that's probably playoff hockey, at least the equivalent or even even more, because you're playing for your country. This You're playing the best players in the world, like – the Russian team with the, all the all the different talent they have on that team, the Swedes and all that stuff. They're the Canadian team, of course, all on one team. You know what I mean? They're not spread out against a, b- a bunch of different teams. On just playing that competition, you know, in in the uh, international tournament, I think doesn't get as much credit as it deserves because Bacchus was, you know, one of the leaders of that team, um, especially when they had that good run uh, up in Vancouver, and I believe in tw- uh, was it ten when they lost an OT. You know. I think he brings a lot to the table. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, hey, and let's go there. You just brought up the Olympics. And I know Mike's probably burning to ask this question himself. So I'm, I'm going to let Mike, do you want to ask it? No, you can go ahead. All right. Are you excited to watch the World Cup, the uh, NHL World Cup in September? Are you, do you plan on watching Oh, hell that? yeah. I mean, I remember, I believe it was 96 was the other one. You guys were really young. Um, 96 when they had the Tony Amantes of the world and John LeClairs and all that. And they went up to, I believe they played, I believe it was up in Montreal. And they beat them. I think I remember I was at the casket flagging in Boston, and they won, and we lost our minds. I mean, that's like – that's Olympic Olympics level, you know, A or B. You know what I mean? I, I think they should have that thing every year, to be honest with you, or every two years at least. I think that's just because everyone's so hungry for hockey right now. I think having that international uh, World Cup of hockey thing, it just gets so, people so, so pumped up. But if your player gets hurt and you lose them for so many games – 
you're not going to love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things, you know, it's like, uh, catch 22. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But that team, I remember, you know, I think it was Sean McEachern and Tony Monty and Pat LaFontaine and John LeClaire and, Madonna. uh, Ma- Ma- Mike Richter, all those guys, that team was just so that was another gutsy team too, because the Canadians were, Loaded. I believe Gretzky was still playing. I could in Mario. I want. I think they were both in the mid '90s still playing. I could be wrong, but you know they were. You know, so loaded. You're like, how are we supposed? And Brodeur, I believe, was playing goal for them. And you had the uh, the hatch, the Hatchers American. I think they were. But the, you you uh, you just they were playing a juggernaut and they won. You just lost your mind because there was no no one thought they were going to win. No one thought they were going to win. It's just like when in the 2010 Olympics, when they went to OT, when they scored, um, it might have been Parise, I think, scored the uh, tying goal with what, under a minute left. You thought that. I remember that. You thought they were going to win. I, I, lo- I remember when Twitter was like kind of first starting, I was using some terrible app at the time, and the place was, it was just blowing up. It was just incredible how exciting. And then, and then they, you know, they beat um, Miller on that goal, which, oh, God, of all people, it had to be goddamn Crosby. Um, that was just such a killer. It, was so, it hurt so bad. That hurt so bad because they played so well and they deserved to win. And yeah. then, the, then the next Olympics, they were just huge disappointment. That was such a bummer. I, I love, I love Olymp- uh, international hockey. I oh, think it's not, there's nothing better than, than playing for your country. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm excited for the World Cup of Hockey because, like you said, we were really young when the last one came around, so obviously – you don't have a, as good of memories about it, but I mean, there's a lot of good team, good good teams, and I like that all the players want to play in this. Players oh, aren't yeah. backing out. Of, players aren't backing out. Everyone's like, no, I want to put that jersey on for my country. Well, you got to keep in mind. I think the next Olympics is in Korea. I want to say, um, and those, you know, time difference and all that. I don't know if the Angels going to let them go and all that stuff. So this is kind of their, you know, I guess major stage for international play, if you will. So. Um, I think this is oh, – I can't – I just can't wait. When's it start again? Is it uh, early September? September 17th, I believe. Oh, it's – okay. Middle so that, of September. It's pretty oh, much like a month away. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be good. We're going to have some but good they shows. Ha- they have like, a, like – I think they're having like preseason games like leading up to that week. So yeah. I think it's like September like 10th-ish. They right. should have like some pre- like some preliminary games going on that just get the, obviously the players' feet wet and stuff. Yeah, right, right. I can't – yeah, I really can't wait. I mean, I you know, I love hockey – Period, but like I said, when you you know you, you're rooting for your country, nothing beats it. And to all the big bad Bruins nation people from Canada, you're going down, <laughs> going down, because the only colors that beat black and gold are red, white, and blue. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree with you on that one. So, all right, Joe, before before you let let you go, and uh, I just want to ask you this. I mean, I, you, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to ask you: Do you think the Bruins will make? the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs next year. They were one point away this year. They were one. They were a point or two away the year before. If you had to put money one way or the other, will the Bruins be in the playoffs come 2017? Well, I, well I, I'm out of work right now, so I don't want to put any money on it because I need it. But, <laughs> uh, uh, I, like I said, I think this year they're going to make it. I think I'm looking at anywhere from six to eight. Um, I see them going – Possibly, you know, being a Bruins, you know, you, you, being a Bruins fan, you want to win the cup every year, of course. But being realistic, and a lot of people don't like me being realistic on my page. I get a lot of haters saying, you're so Nick. Now, I'm a realist, guys. I'm sorry. And not going to be one of those people that said I was right, but I was right. Because ever since Boychuk, like I said, I, I call that back then. This is the end. The end is near. Um, I think they're going to go 
they're going to make the playoffs. They'll probably go a seven-game series, maybe sneak into a second round, but probably get swept. So I see worst-case scenario, they make the playoffs. Best-case scenario, they get to a second round. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for joining me. Looking forward to having you on uh, quite some time this this year. All right, guys. I had a blast. Yes, and before before I let you go, Joe, I know for the Bruins fans that are listening on your show right now, Joe Joe mentioned it earlier. I'm going to try to get the links up as soon as possible. Yep. When we get the links up, Joe's going to share it on his page. Yep. What we ask you to do is to take that link, share it on your pages, share it to your friends. Mm-hmm, this is how we're going to build viewership for the show. You guys are all great listeners. The questions that you have to that you have asked are outstanding. You know, we're looking forward to having Joe on the show as often as possible. I know that with our show, we're getting multiple guests per show. Right. I know Joe enjoys listening to us. Um, but we, but keep keep on doing the show. We've got a lot coming up. We've got a big hockey season coming up, and we're looking forward to doing this because this was a great show today. Yeah, like I said, I want to thank you guys for having me on in uh, Big Bad Bruins Nation. Uh, Jason just said that link's going to be coming soon. I'll be sharing it with you guys and give it a listen. And to Sean, who said that uh, Canada's going to win the World Cup. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. Thanks. We appreciate that. All right, y'all. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So that's yeah, that was a that was a great show, Mike. That was a good show oh, for uh, sure. Hold on. I want I want to uh, do like like ten more minutes on the VZ. Oh no, we're gonna continue, guys. Absolutely. All right. So um, ha- having Joel on was fantastic. It was fantastic. For those that are still listening, Joe, Joe's a great. Great guest. We plan to have him on multiple times so this year. Um, but I wanted to touch on something quickly. Is Tomorrow is August 15th, and tomorrow is the day that Jimmy Vesey can sign with a team. The, there's been reports recently like, surfacing that the Bruins are not one of the favorites to land him. The Bruins will have a seat at the table, and they will be able to speak with him and you know talk to him. And But the reports that I, I've seen and heard are, are that Chicago seems to be the front runner And... It's kind of a hard thing to turn down. When you, if you can go to Chicago and play with, you know, Taze and Kane, it seems the Devils are up there and highly, highly up there. It's, and it also says the New York Rangers have, you know, are one of the favorites also. So Bruins fans, it could be, you know, next week could be a, a bad week if VZ doesn't sign with the Bruins. But I would just warn you that it could, it could be possible that he's going elsewhere. Yeah, you know, from what I'm hearing, from everything that I'm hearing, and I've been paying attention to this. He's not coming to Boston. I know we're all hoping for it. We all know he's a Boston kid, but there's a lot of other opportunities out there. And I'm going to comment Jimmy Murphy on this because Jimmy Murphy could end up predicting this right without us expecting it. You know, Jimmy BC's friends with Chris Nealon up there in Montreal. You never know. Montreal can make a very, very, very late push to sneak BC in there. And it would shock me to see it happen. But I'm with Mike. You know, BC's going to probably go to a team that's a contender in the contender right away so he'll probably go to a western team it wouldn't shock me i just don't understand like i just don't get why like i get it he's from boston i understand that and i understand that he grew up being a bruins fan and obviously like he's he liked being like seeing the bruins win the cup in 2011 but the bruins aren't in a good position right now to contend for a cup like you said you know they the bruins could offer him top top six top nine minutes but wouldn't you like if chicago's offering him that or, you know, if, if Pittsburgh's offering him that, or the Rangers, they're a lot closer to the Cup than the Bruins are. I'm sorry. And I, I know in hockey anything can happen. You can get hot and you can win a Cup randomly. No one thought Pittsburgh was going to win the Cup last year, but everyone knew Pittsburgh was a very skilled team. So I just think there's better situations out there for him to go to. 
No, they absolutely are much better situations for him to go to. And I think that he'll take one of, one of those choices. I don't think we should be expecting him to come, come to Boston. I don't think anybody should hold a hatchet over his head if he doesn't come to Boston. Because, you no, know, if I was in VC's position, and I was a pretty talented player, I might choose, while I'm still young, to not go to a team and not choose money right away and work towards a team that's going to win the cup and build my value through that. Uh, and I do think Buffalo's out. And I, I don't mean this... In a bad way, obviously, Baltimore. I mean, Buffalo traded for him, but I mean, they traded for him, and he hasn't signed there because he wants to test the market and he wants to talk to the team. So I don't think he's going to Buffalo. No, I do not think he's going to Buffalo at all. Um, and that's just something to really pay attention to. It's the fact that you know VC is a good player. He's going to probably be in the NHL relatively quickly this year, so it's going to be something to look forward to to see how he which decision he makes. I'm looking forward to watching him play as a player. Absolutely, I'm definitely hoping he. Uh, I'm hoping he plays well and comes right into the league and plays well. I always root for local guys, you know, to play well and and do well. But I mean, I just if you're a Bruins fan and you're expecting him to be a Bruin come tomorrow, or you know, reports are that he'll be signed by the. The weekend, like next weekend meeting, so we should know. He'll be signed sooner. If these are the reports that are coming out now, he'll be signed by the end of the day tomorrow. I don't think so. I think that's you very don't? rare. No, I don't think. I, cause I think he wants to meet with with, uh, with other teams. You know, he's. But you don't think he's maybe quietly been already talking to other teams based on the fact that his you're hearing these reports already. Yes, I think he's definitely been quietly doing it. But like now, you can have like the full you know tour of the of the rink. You know the the city. You know what I mean? He can do more now because he's a, he's officially a free agent. Like Buffalo, like, Buffalo has his rights now, so you're not allowed to really sit down with, like, with Don Sweeney right now. You know what I mean? No, that that's very true. I just think that he already has an idea in his head. No, I, I think, think he does, too, but, I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see, but we'll definitely know by next week's show where he's going. Oh, definitely, we'll definitely know for next week's show, for sure. And I think it's going to have a kind of a domino effect because, you know, there's, there's still some teams out there, I mean, still some players out there that don't have a home. You know, you have Verbata, you have, you know, Yuri Hoodler, and they're older players, but, like, they're still, you know, guys that can help contribute to a, to a Stanley Cup team, We are, you know, a, a playoff team, so I think it's going to have a pretty much a, a domino effect on, on, on other moves that are happening, and obviously it's been pretty quiet over there for the Bruins after, you know, they signed Backus and Riley Nash, so I think this is going to be a deciding factor on, on what the Bruins do going forward to make a few more roster moves. And I completely agree with that. I think that you're going to see the Bruins probably go after some kind of defenseman. It's it's just it's going to be really hard to predict what the Bruins are going to do if they do anything or if they choose to stand pat. It's definitely going to be interesting. And I think the one thing to keep an eye out, though, is is when teams have to be under the salary cap, kind of like the Bruins did with Boychuk. I know people don't want to keep hearing about the Bruins trading Boychuk, but... The Bruins had to trade him because they needed to get under the salary cap. So I think the Bruins could try and, you know, maybe do a move around there and, you know, get a defenseman that they don't have on the roster right now. I just know we have a lot to play out, and I'm just exci- I'm going to be getting really excited for the, you know, September to hit where the news really starts coming out because, you know, I'm telling you, August has been one boring, long month, and we're only two weeks into it. I know. We are only uh, two weeks into it, and... The season's going to be, uh, you know, a month from now, the World Cup of Hockey was going to be in pretty much full force. So hockey's only a month away, people. Yeah, no, it's only, it's only a month away. I mean, once September hits, once the World Cup starts, all the news is going to hit. If players get injured and a big player gets injured, 
news is going to hit. There are going to be teams Absolutely. that are going to be fans of the angry. Yeah, do you remember when Tavares got hurt for Team Canada in the Olympics and like he couldn't play for the rest of the of the season? And that was just when yes. the Islanders were having a bad year, and Tavares obviously was their biggest attraction to that team. Yes. So, I mean, stuff can happen, you know. And I just can't wait to discuss hockey in general. Like, the games, you know. Who's playing well? Who's not playing well? Like, who, who can we... And, and discussing we com- it week to yeah. discussing it week to week again. Yeah, I mean, who, we, who we can complain about that sucking this week on defense, even though it's probably going to be Kevin Miller. Who's not playing well? Is Tuka Rask at fault? Can we fire Claude Julian, you know? Who should we trade? Yeah, exactly. Who should we trade? Are we going to make the playoffs? Are we gonna go? I cannot wait to go through this all yeah, again. Right. I'm hoping the fans are just as eager as us for hockey because, you know, it's coming quickly and we're happy to have it, but... Um, I mean, to our listeners, keep in mind that when October hits, Mike, for Mike and I, at least, it's the one-year anniversary for us with this show, which is huge because if you look at where we were, were with episode one, if you guys ever choose to listen to episode one and go to this show now, Mike and I have both come a long way when it comes to this show, and it's been very exciting even to look back on and watch. Absolutely. So uh, Kevin should be back next week. I think Joe Gill will be back next week as well. So we'll be back next week. We should have a great show for you next week also. We'll get Kevin all caught up. Into uh, you know this week's episode, we'll get Kevin's inputs obviously on Jimmy VZ. We'll get Joe Gills. Obviously, you'll hear mine and Jason's as well. But um, and to the Bruins fans out there, when the season really gets going, when we have a lot of news, we're gonna you know have a shorter segment with Joe Gills. So we can get in all the other news with the uh, show. But you know, right now when there's not much news, we're gonna have at it with Joe, and we're gonna have a blast having him on. Absolutely. So, um, like I said, you can also follow our Twitter account on Facebook at Bruins underscore Beat. You can follow myself. On Twitter at MikeSetup22, you can follow Jason at JasonBuckley91. We're pretty active with the uh, with the Bruins beat uh, Twitter page, so when people tweet at us, we usually always tweet back. I know Jason's very active with some of the listeners on his personal account, so we're very active on Twitter. You know, you can also uh, review and uh, rate us on iTunes, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, and you can find us on the CLNS Radio app. You know, as Joe mentioned, he's he's already even being off the show for ten minutes. He's already telling the fans, you know, go to our Facebook page, uh, Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. Start liking that, and there's gonna be a lot going on for the show. We're really, I think, today is the start of a new transition to what's gonna be coming. Incredible build towards the show. Absolutely. So uh, stay tuned, fans. You know, we're building the show into something special here. So uh, we appreciate the listens. We appreciate all the rates and reviews. And we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Yes. Oh, and one more thing. Yep. Make sure you find us on iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a rate. I know Mark Allred, who we had last week, gave us a lot of good comments. I wish I had it up on my computer because I would read the comment. But Mark, I will read that comment for you next week, bud. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're listening. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. So. We'll be back next week for a great show. We'll bring Kevin and Joe back on, and uh, we'll discuss some more hockey. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.